I'm probably going to be winging it more than usual today. No pens, Julie? The mic is like a lover. You grab it by the back of the head. You've know? <laughs> <laughs> been waiting for that metaphor forever. Like Steve was like, I also found an editing quote. <laughs> I decided it might not fit the situation. Hilarious. Wait, um, are we recording? Okay. Yes. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> what is this? Oh, that was gold. Welcome to the Writer on Podcast, a chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Cade and Julie. Cade, what are we talking about today? Today's about editing. You know, not necessarily everyone's favorite part, but maybe it is for some. And we just kind of want to go over a little bit about the processes that we did in some of our stories that we're working on, have worked on in the past, and just kind of give you guys an insight into that kind of process that we do. So I guess, Julie, it's a little bit more of an informal episode, and we don't necessarily have those questions lined up that we normally do. Um, so I just wanted to kind of give you an opportunity, Julie, to maybe go in and say what you do and your stories that you're working on, maybe specifically your current one, An Element of Darkness. Definitely. Um, so I am someone who kind of does a lot of editing like as I go. When I'm writing something, I'll be writing, but then maybe if there's like a day where I'm like, I really don't want to continue writing or I just don't have an idea at this moment to keep, you know, move the story forward. I like go back and reread what I already wrote all the time. So I kind of do a lot of, but that kind of editing is more um, grammar and spelling and like that kind of stuff. But for An Element of Darkness, I didn't really do like a more like in-depth storyline kind of edit until after it was all done. Then I kind of went back to do more of those bigger edits to the story at large. And so as an example, so I had, you know, someone read it and then she gave me some really good feedback. So what I did to kind of keep everything organized is I took all of like the, the feedback that I got and made it kind of almost like a checklist or like I wrote it all down as bullet points and then decided like what things specific things that I can I do to alleviate these concerns or these things that were confusing in the story. And then I kind of broke it down into a checklist of like, in this chapter, if I did this, that would be more, I would make more sense to a reader. Like I kind of tried to make it more like from general feedback to specific editing notes kind of thing for what I could actually change. And, and those were more of the dramatic things. So I like added a chapter after the fact and I kind of, one of the issues I had was um, with the timeline, like the feedback I got was that it was confusing how much time had passed in the story. Like you couldn't tell. So I kind of added more specific notes or something the character said or thought that referred to how long has passed since these two people met or since this happened. So I kind of did it like that, like kind of made myself like a logical checklist which is i do a lot and i use checklists a lot so that makes a lot of sense for me so when you're editing there's two types of editing i guess there's more but there's like kind of like the grammar stuff and then there's also like kind of like the more like story driven stuff like for clarity and stuff like that did you find that like when you were like kind of exposing other people that's when like the kind of inconsistency showed up like were they also noting grammar or was it more like big like i don't understand what's going on here this part's a little confusing how was like the uh process of like getting the notes back from like the like the third party compared to like your own personal edit it was more of like you know things don't make sense or more like plot driven edits and because i think for that it doesn't really matter like you don't need somebody else to really read it to point out like spelling errors or grammar like it's you know it's, you don't it's <laughs> no no but i'm just saying like that kind of stuff i feel like is you know easier to edit so i think it's mm -hmm. more valuable in my opinion to get feedback from somebody else about the storyline and that kind of stuff because that's if you don't see like i'll read it and i'll be like this makes sense because i know like the whole backstory or whatever but it might not make sense to somebody else so i definitely think it's better to get feedback from others in terms of the story instead of like grammar because that's easy yeah, yeah. I, I think we'd probably all agree here that getting that kind of third party source is some of the most valuable in terms of creating like a cohesive story. It's it's kind of like that idea of when you're you're too close to the picture, you kind of miss some of the big idea. And that I know when we were writing my story, the game, Julia actually like we had a shared Google Sheets document where basically we both had access to it and would go through and constantly edit it. So sometimes I'd like log into the Google Sheet and see that Julie like 
went through a chapter and like had like tons of notes about stuff. And that was, that was actually probably some of the like best time I've had doing creative writing because it really was such like a cooperative project in that element. And also like really early on any ideas that were kind of maybe confusing or not really contributing to the story in the right way were flagged and caught at kind of the beginning. So before they had time to develop five chapters in, it was just kind of like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, no, for sure. So none of us have actually, we've just started looking at Julie's story and you passed it on to kind of like family, right? Yeah, I didn't get too much. So yeah, one person I sent it to um, was more like of a general feedback, um, which was like, you know, supportive general feedback kind of thing. And then the other, my stepmom sent me like, like notes and she like, like went full through notes with me mm-hmm. yeah and was like here are all the things i found she even had like page numbers for certain notes so super helpful yeah yeah and i think for me like i really want feedback like i would rather somebody be like this part is like you should do this or this part's like maybe confusing than like kind of just people being like oh yeah like great job you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah no like i yeah because it's like very much like if you're like oh this is good but like there's no substance to that. You're like, oh, I'm going to expose this to the general world. World and like at that point, it's like people don't like random strangers don't care about like your feelings. At that point, they're like, oh, this right. is garbage. I can't read this. It's very confusing. Like, well, right. I shared it to people before this criticism never came up. So like, kind of like, where is this coming from? You know. So I right. guess it's like you have to trust the people that you're sharing with that they'll give you like full on valid criticism as opposed to just be like, ah, this is very good. You know. So, right. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So I, I guess so. We have it officially kind of recorded here. As Steve and I are looking at it, what kind of feedback do you want from us? Do you want us to go into it? Are we are we sinking in? Or? I've started looking into it. Like I, well, it was like the previous version. Julie said like there's not much has changed. The previous version, I was like already starting to take notes and everything. So I think like I think you, you'll appreciate some of the feedback that I like. I even I think I gave you a couple of notes like early on. I was like oh sometimes like the tense swaps a little bit. So yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Any feedback we find, just send it to you. You'll be good with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just tell perfect. me how bad it is. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, sure, I'm I sure it's great. I, I, I'm just going to send you a picture of like a garbage can. You're like, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to kind of compare like your current story. Um, well, the element of darkness to like your faction story, which I know like you've changed the title on factions, correct? No, the title's, the title's not different. The, the title's always been working title, The Scarlet Blade. Oh, I see. Okay. Gotcha. But... They're not called. I know they're not called factions anymore. I'm calling. Uh, I see. Okay. Because I don't like that word. That's like because it's. I feel like there's other things that are like Mm -hmm. factions. So now they're called allegiances. I like that. I like that. That's nice. Okay, but I didn't want to compare like well the Scarlet Blade to an element of darkness. You kind of touched upon it. Like you've been working on like the Scarlet Blade for like a long time because it's very iterative. Like you'll get through like one segment and then you'll start work work on the second segment and you're like, well, I want to rework the first segment. And so it seems like it's kind of like constantly like changing and morphing. And it seems like this one, you kind of like you're like, I want to get the entire story out first. And then I'll change like elements that I'm not as happy with like later on, but like you want to have like a complete like workflow kind of set. Do you think like moving forward, that's kind of like the editing process you want to go forward with? Because I know you're already talking about like moving on to like the second book of like the Scarlet Blade while you're still, the first one is still like kind of like out there being worked on, you know? Yeah. So actually, contrary to what you just said. Oh, whoops. I <laughs> this part. have not, act- no, no, no. I have not actually done it that way. I was writing the Scarlet Blade. And I got pretty far into it. And then I wanted to change some stuff. And it was actually written in, in first person initially, mm-hmm. but I don't want it in first person. I want it in third person now. So I was going to rewrite it anyway into third person. But I kind of was thinking to myself that I feel like it's very similar to an element of darkness. Like I feel like the ideas and like the way the characters are and stuff, it's like very similar. And I was like, I don't think I want them to be that similar. Like I want them to be more like distinct stories. You see what I'm saying? Like I kind of noticed like it's too similar for like what I really want. The differences aren't warranting like a two different like full. Yeah. So I was right. So I was like, I'm going to change like a lot of it. So now I'm kind of more outlining it a little bit more and like, thinking through I guess this isn't so I guess it is kind of editing because I'm editing the first story in kind of a more dramatic way because I want to change kind of the whole plot I mean yeah, it world, sounds like you're going like back to square one right yeah yeah the mm-hmm. world is the same but yeah I feel like I'm kind of starting over on it because I I want it to be different for sure 
I think that's like a very hard thing to kind of admit to be like, yeah, this isn't like the story is like at this point not worth exploring. So like maybe like mm-hmm. I want to keep the world, but like the story itself may very. I think that's like very like I don't know if I'd be like, especially with like how long you've been working on that story. I don't know if I could have like the guts to be like this child's gotta gotta go, you know. <laughs> And I wonder how common it is really to have that first story that's like you've really like kind of made you kind of start to love this creative writing process, not actually be the story that really gets developed for you. And I, I bet you it's pretty common just because like even with me, like working on the game, which was be like that first story that I really kind of started to love the whole process with is now not really the story that I'm the most interested in discussing. Like, I think the ideas that have come later have really kind of sparked more excitement for me into things to work on. So I wonder if that's similar for, for you. Like, is the factions you're like, you know, determined this is going to become a story that you release? Or do you think it's going to maybe just be that thing that, you know, made you realize you have a talent for this? I think I'm definitely planning more and really trying to flesh out the faction story more than I did the the first one in Element of Darkness. So yeah, that could definitely be the case. But I also, um, to your point, was watching a, a there's this YouTube channel I watch. I think her name is Alexa Dunn. Um, and she's a, a writer and she does a lot of videos about like getting books published and like that whole process and stuff. And so in one of her videos, she was saying that it was like a tips for new writers type video. And she was saying that for most writers, your first book that you write and finish is probably going to be terrible because you've never done it before. And not terrible, but just like, you know, could be better because you've just never done it before and that's your first time doing it. So she was saying, yeah, just do it anyway. Write that book, you know, even if it's bad. And then your next one, you're going to learn a ton from the first one. So then your next book's probably going to be way better. So yeah, I definitely think that what you're saying is true. Like I think as much as I love an element of darkness and want it to get published, like it's probably not going to end up being like the best, most thought out book that I write. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying Scarlet Blade is really your first story that you've written. No, I, no, because the, well, you know you've how, written way before. Right. But like your first real one that you've gone into. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I definitely think I'm like planning more and like trying to like figure this book out, but I would say, so, you know, how, audience is going to get lost but you know how i've said i've wrote a series like for a long time the element of darkness is actually like the series in like one like it's that world but in a different book you know what i mean like it's kind of like an alternate like reality timeline in that same world as the series so i'm like not doing that series anymore kind of thing it's like a totally different so i guess it's like a reworking so i I don't know it's hard to but I guess like I'm trying harder on the factions book. So I don't know. You really are trying to use an element of darkness maybe as that that learning. Yeah, right. Like I want to get as much out of that book and the learning, the publishing process and like as much as I can, like go as far as I can with it and learn as much as I can. And then maybe yeah, apply all that to the you know future books like the Scarlet Blade and make that like maybe more successful or go farther in the process. Here I thought it was like pretty straightforward. This is like an Ouroboros. I can't tell like what's the head, what's the tail. It's all like looping back on itself right now, you know? So I'm like, Julie, Julie Booklore is like so complex. <laughs> <laughs> Steve and I are over here with our like short little stories. And <laughs> no, your stories are good. She's got like a deep like encyclopedia of. Like, well, actually like this, although it's the first thing you've seen, there is a series that usurps this one previously. I wrote it in the past, but it is what's coming in the future. And so it's being <laughs> reworked into the, you know, like, oh my God. Whoa. I actually would like to. So like. I don't know. I got a lot of like a book ideas in my mind. So I feel like if an element of darkness, like it's published or something, I want to write like those characters, like the past, like a previous book. Equals confirmed everyone. Uh, yes. Cause like, I like, oh, there's a lot of backstory that was part of the series that I kind of abandoned. So I could just take the series and like write some of it into it. You know what I mean? Like I got yeah. a prequel and I got like a sequel. Like That's interesting. Like I, I wouldn't say that, I would. I am like a a series writer, so I, I don't even think I think that way normally. Of like having like really like a full prelude series almost, and then like a whole like conclusion aftermath kind of series, and really like being able to develop like that. Which definitely is. Get, do you feel like you set yourself up a lot when you write like that? Like, or do you try to make when you're writing a story have a really decisive beginning, middle, end? Or do you feel like you're constantly trying to maybe include little like 
nuggets of something that could be like, ah, this could definitely be explored later and I'm not going to do it now. I probably think I include like little nuggets of things because there is a character in the Scarlet, the Scarlet Blade story that um, I was like, that character could have a whole book about their backstory. So I definitely do like include things and I'd be like, this could be a story and in the back of my mind. I'm like, hmm, maybe that'll be like a prequel or something like to this. So yeah, I think that I always, because then you have more options. I feel like, like if you really want to publish something, then if you kind of leave it, not completely open-ended, but open-ended to a point where you could do more with something, then yeah, I think that you're setting yourself up for like, like the long-term, like career-wise. Like if you want to have like an author career, then I think it would be good to leave yourself options for what you could do if a certain world that you developed kind of takes off. So yeah, that's kind of how I think about it. And so going back like to like bringing this all back to editing, does it kind of make it harder to like edit the story because you're like, well... Is this confusing because like I didn't I want to explore this later on, or is this confusing because it's something I just didn't fully flesh out within the story? Does it kind of like create a little bit of like confusion within the editing process, or you have to kind of like trust that like it's okay that certain things are confusing or are as are at a level of ambiguity? Yeah, I think that I leave things purposefully ambiguous sometimes. So. But I think that there is, I will think about it and be like, is this confusing? Like there's a character in An Element of Darkness. There's a character that's referenced who was like the main character's like um, partner at the guild, like previously who like dies. So I think that, and that character's referenced multiple times in like different aspects. So they have a whole backstory. But I think I purposefully was like oh i'm gonna leave this more open and ambiguous but then i thought to myself like is it still adding to the story because you don't want to add random things in that aren't actually adding to your story because then there's too many elements that are confusing so yeah, i definitely had to, i definitely think about if i'm leaving something ambiguous is that like distracting to the reader or is it act is it adding so yeah i think there's an element of thinking about from an editing standpoint if that's a good thing to keep in or if it's not necessary did any of this ever come up in your like the notes received from like your sit mom for the editing? Like I don't know who this is, but they seem important, stuff like that. Um, no, I don't think. Okay, she didn't really gotcha. it. so that's why, like, to me, that says like it's not too confusing. Yeah, it doesn't distract from the story. I'll keep an eye out for stuff like that. Then I'll be like, I don't know what's going on with this dude. Everyone seems to be like, oh, remember Bill Bob? He's you know, like, ooh, <laughs> I don't, you know. Um. Anyway, so I guess we'll uh yeah, go to Kate if we're done with my stuff what do you got yeah. how is your process we talked about the game a little bit but yeah what else you got a lot of the topics i'm going to really kind of agree with how you've talked about your editing process but i think the big thing to highlight is i really used other people like you can do so much editing on your own and you write grammar stuff like that but i think the idea is just what i was saying like if you're too close to it you kind of you can sometimes miss the big picture so i had like you know number one i mean julie you were like the, the biggest supporter of it. And I think you really helped the process a lot, like all the way through. But then like, once we really started to get some actual content created, then like I, I sent it to like, like my mom and I sent it to my grandma. And I think just like, if you're doing like a project like that, it's unique and awesome. And like, I think a lot of people really are interested in seeing what that is. So I guess like my advice would just be to not like be concerned at all of sending it to people. They, people will want to kind of check out what you're doing there. And that's going to be the biggest help in actually finalizing it and creating it to something that you want it to be. Aside from that, I mean, I, I don't think I have much more to say about my specific editing process. I think it's just kind of iterative. Like yeah, I'm going back again, I'll maybe do a chapter or half a chapter and then reread it again. And sometimes I feel like I'm really getting into a flow of it. I'll purposefully pause myself so that I can kind of force myself to like go back through and make sure that what I'm doing is, I, I just don't want to get too far doing something thinking that maybe I went down the wrong path. Okay. I think that, that makes, makes sense. sense. I do want to actually kind of touch back onto uh, what you and Julie were talking about during uh, her segment about the, uh, your, your book, the game where you guys were kind of like doing almost like a continuous, like co-author editing with that. It, so it is like your story, but did you ever feel like at a certain point, because like so much was like getting like changed around or like made clear, like, added for clarity and whatnot. Did you ever feel like at a point like you were losing the original vision through the editing process or did you think it was like 
a more of a refinement? Like how satisfied were you with like the final product that you kind of arrived to through that process? Yeah, I feel like I would like almost describe it more as like our story that we were writing. Like it was kind of cool because I think we got to such a point where Julie and I like both like loved these characters that we created. So it was actually like I, I didn't feel like the choices that were being made. Like we talked about this in the character development episode, like that almost like a point of what you want to reach is where the characters can start to write themselves. Like if you can develop a character to that point where the story starts to make sense just because of what they would do. So since we kind of both had like an understanding of like, you know, one of my main characters name was Bruce Alexander. And once we kind of get an understanding of what like Bruce's values are, like the things that he's, his, his goals in life, the, and like, you know, he, kind of see his family and specifically his his older brother as like one of the most important things in his life the choices that he makes thereafter become easier to write so i think in that editing process like that was unique and i don't think a lot of stories are really going to be able to reach that point um to have like two people who really get on that like same wavelength on a story i can't imagine julie and i going into the sunken planet and really trying to convince you on different story things like i mean knowing you steve as a person and then like i i can't imagine us pitching an idea for the sunken planet that you would really be like oh like i'm gonna take the story in this completely different direction almost which i don't think it necessarily happened with the game at all i think that sometimes julie would kind of pitch an idea and like i, I remember sometimes her just saying does this like really make sense for the character to do that? I'm like, eh, maybe not. Maybe I just wanted them to right now. So like, cause you can definitely get into, there's that balance of the, the, the groove of writing where you kind of want to make sure you're staying on topic with it. And yeah, I mean, that's what the editing process is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think I definitely agree. But yeah. Sometimes I think that since in general, the, you know, the story was your idea in the game. Yeah. I would like, if I pitched an idea and you like weren't on board, I feel like I would like, abandon it pretty quickly because I was like, well, it's your story. You know what the plot, like, I don't know what the ending plot line is. You do. So right. I think that sometimes, yeah, there would be like a idea that I might have then it'd be like, well, I don't know that end. So I'll, you know, be like, well, <laughs> if you don't think it fits, we'll leave it. And you know what I mean? So I think there was um, that too. Cause you were definitely had the whole plot line in your mind or at least an ending. Yeah, de definitely just a fun process, though, of being able to really bounce ideas like consistently, even during the whole process was yeah, sure. like, if you get the opportunity to do a writing process like that, it, it is worth it. It's it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is fun. Yeah. Did you guys ever get to a point where like the game ended and you could do like a post ending uh, editing or was it like kind of like in vivo, completely like all oh, while the story is being developed, it was like being edited? Yeah, we didn't like finish. I mean, we would finish chapters, but we didn't finish like the whole book. Yeah, we probably got like 17 chapters in and then basically yeah. life, oh life kind of got in the way. Yeah. Is there something that might get revived at some point? Possibly on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it would have to get like the treatment of um, of the Scarlet Blade. Like, I mean, I think it would really have to... I, I'd probably reshape it so much at this point. Like, I think I've even gone back and read some of it now. And it's just, and this has been maybe a few years ago since I've actually we've really yeah. done work on it. Like it a while ago. four years ago, maybe. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's stuff when I've looked at it, I've been like, oh God, I don't know. I'm so <laughs> removed from it at this point. It's kind of like. You can be more objective about it. Yeah. And I think it's still got a solid story. I just think that elements would need to be changed a lot. And everything that Julie touched would have to get kind of cut out. <laughs> yeah. Really a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think it's bad to redo a, I don't think it's bad to like start a story over because you're not like, you could still use a lot of the chapters. Like even with the Scarlet Blade, like, yeah, I'm like kind of starting the whole thing over, but I'm going to use a lot of the scenes that I already wrote. You know what I mean? Like I think right. some of the stuff is good. So you're not really starting completely over. I would like to, to go back at some point and, you know, revive that story because that is, I mean, that's really what made me fall in love with this whole, this whole creative writing process. So. Maybe someday. Maybe one day. Was the one you were working on most recently the Buzzcade? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of bouncing back and forth, but I'd say probably the most work that I've done recently was the Buzz. And then, to be honest, like, I mean, just doing writing for D&D &D has been my yeah. like, main outlet source for, for any creative writing. Is there editing in D&D? &D? Yeah, I was going to ask. That's, like, very interesting. Yeah, because, like, uh, you're it's changing all behind it every the scenes. Week. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, you have to kind of adapt to what the characters are doing. Yeah, a lot of it's 
so mental too. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I could have a story lined up and then an episode ends and I'm like, well, like, you know, Steve's character just died. So that was, <laughs> that was the whole story. <laughs> yeah. So that, there's definitely that kind of like on the whim kind of editing, but I wouldn't even really say that's editing where it's more like that, that feels more of a, a story element to it. Like it's, if you're doing like a homebrew campaign, like I, I think the editing would probably come from more of a, almost like a balance standpoint, like you're editing characters. Like maybe you could think of editing from the character creation side. Yeah, I, I would say like kind of from my experience, like there is a little bit of editing, like, like making sure like the world stays like consistent with actions that have taken place. You like, for example, it depends like how set your idea for the uh, future of the campaign is. But if you had like a certain end point in mind with like characters reaching a certain point, and by the time you get to a certain midpoint, you're like, things have diverged. You do have to edit like what is going to occur later on because it could become almost, depending on how invested people are in the story like that you're playing with, it could be kind of jarring like this is what's going on this is not like how the vibe has been like leading up to this point you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure uh but how about you steve you want to do do we want to get into steve's story yeah steve's got a very special reading for us today and discussion yeah so i will be discussing like my editing process for the sunken planet the story that we read a few episodes ago on the uh podcast and so the story that we read on the podcast very much was a like a draft version. It wasn't the final product at all. Um, but even before I brought that podcast, that story to the podcast, it was very rough. And so it went through a lot of editing when I exposed it to like first Kate and then to Julie. And even after like kind of releasing it to the public, I've I've gotten some reaction from other friends and whatnot. I've discussed it like thoroughly with Kate and Julie about like, eh, I wasn't happy about like this part or whatever. And so it has been a very eye-opening case study for me. And I think it'll be very cool. like kind of process to kind of go through because like it's very similar kind of like what julie's talking about before like it was a uh kind of spur of the moment i was like i want to just get like a story like written within like a certain uh time span i wanted to have it done like i think it was like i wrote it like in a month basically because i was like oh this friend like is going to be out of contact i want to make sure like they have something i can show them like when they get back in touch or whatever and so just threw the idea out on paper and i was like doing some editing while i was writing it's like oh this word is in the wrong tense, or like this is like the wrong usage of like the word where versus where. Um, but I was like pretty thoroughly convinced by the time I had finished writing like the first draft, I was like, I think it's like golden. I'm like, the characters seem really like fully fleshed out. The story seems like perfect. I think I've caught every single grammar error. I remember what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I sent over to Kate and I'm like, Kate, I, I finished a story. Like, tell me what you think. And then Kate was like, the idea is cool. <laughs> well, like, we, there That's are some it. issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think the big one that stuck out then was obviously a lot of grammar stuff. Because like I, I will admit it, I'm very bad with grammar. Like, I have like he was like there were two big points that he kind of gave me. It was like one, some of the characters don't seem that can uh, different from each other. Like they seem very same. It seems like you're having conversation with yourself in a lot of these segments and the paragraphs go on and on and like there's not that much like breaking between like paragraphs or even the sentences seem kind of running runny and so i was like really and i look back at it and like looking at it from that lens i'm like oh yeah very clearly this is the case so that can't be true yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i you know i was kind of like kate's an idiot he doesn't know what he's talking about and then i read it, i was like oh my god i'm an idiot i thought that like, i thought that sentence made sense and so yeah like the editing process was like more it's like i'm still in the editing process i, I wrote the story like a month it's been like a couple years now and like it's not like i'm constantly looking at it like it very much has been a thing like i'm happy for it that now and then i'll be think about it I'm like yeah maybe i can change this or whatever so it's not like because there's no like rush for me to get this single story out by itself it has i want to do it as a companion piece of other stories but even to this day there are parts where i look back i'm like how can i change this or whatever so it you know the process has been very much like whenever i think i'm done with it like i'll look at something I'm like well this could tie back into it i think kind of going back to like bringing it to the podcast when we said we should do it as like a piece that we're going to read on the podcast we also exposed it to Julie and we started doing like live readings of it. And so that kind of took like the editing process to like a whole nother point because sentences that look good, like just on paper, once you read them out loud, you're like, no human would ever speak like this, you know? So, <laughs> uh, and that was, that was a fun process because I mean, ba basically we, the three of us would do exactly what Julie and I did with the game and we put it into just a, a Google sheets and 
kind of highlighted things and everything that was changed and everything was, you know, it was Steve's final decision for it. And we, I don't think we changed much of the story at all. Yeah. But really just kind of helped to like, that's something with a short story, right? You're creating such a expansive and vivid world in not a very long amount of time. So I think you're kind of like pressured a little bit more almost to where making those individual paragraphs and chapters and segments really highlight the world that you want to create. Cause I think, I mean, I, I love it. I think all of us here love the sunken planet. It's, it's a great story. I'm like, I'm happy. It's one of the first things we shared on this podcast. Yeah. But I, I think we really kind of helped come together there and, and make that so you could really showcase the world that you had in your mind. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I'm just going to keep saying it. Like if, if you can get help from other people, that's, that's the yeah, thing. very much. So like, for work, like what I do a lot, like we do a, like a 3D modeling and whatnot, a lot of like drawing creations for construction and whatnot. And we always have like a process where you model or you like whatever you need to get done finished. And then like almost like the same amount of exact, the same amount of time is like dedicated to like reviewing your own work and then like handing it off to someone else who like goes through like a fresh set of eyes. And like you'll be amazed like the amount of stuff you catch that will get caught that you thought like was like squared away. Like every time I finish like my initial model, I'm like, I don't think the QC will take that long at all. I get it back. I'm like, oh, I didn't. How did I miss like this wall or this like giant rack of pipe running through this area or whatever, you know? So it's like, no matter what it is, it's always like you become blind to the errors because like you just glance over them so many times where you're like, yeah, the, that sentence makes sense being like two paragraphs long. Yeah, I don't need a period there. And someone goes through, they're like, I can't even read this. Like, I, my eyes are getting tired reading it, you know? When uh, I think specifically, Julie, you were playing the part of Miss Moray. And uh, you did, like, a very good job of it. But, like, I know the initial read, we're like, this is kind of, like, it's very rough to, like, say some of these lines. They don't sound, like, human. So I'm like, oh, the execution could be better because, like, it doesn't sound like a human sentence. So it's, like, hard to, like, kind of give a good emotional response to something that just doesn't have, like, any, like, human emotion behind it. So a lot of uh, finding the voice of the characters through, like, rereading it, but also, like, reading it out loud. Different people playing different characters. I think, like, that process was very helpful. Going to like the final release of the episode, one change I made was like the ending of the story because I was always not like happy with the story, but it wasn't until like I was listening to the podcast like a few months after we recorded that episode and I'm just like brimming like smile ear to ear. And then like it gets to like Julie's like nonstop monologue at the end. I, I have not to this day heard like the very end of that episode because like when julie starts talking about like oh and then the consulate i'm like who cares that part doesn't matter i'm like it's just droning on and so i was like i'm sorry i put julie through that like it's just like a exhausting thing to read with like no breaks at all so i was like none of this matters like what i want to happen in the story and so part of the editing process was like me kind of looking like why am i not happy with the segment and going from there i was like well what i wanted to do was kind of convey like this is like a terrifying revelation that's happening in the world. Can I make this more concise and kind of like make an ending that like punch, like kind of sells to the reader. Like this is like a terrible truth that they learn, but they have to kind of like live with it. And so I shortened it down, kind of tied it back to the beginning of the story. Cause like now that I have like this completed piece that I'm relatively happy with, I can see like what elements I want to like repeat or like call back to. And so I, I think the editing process is still going on. I'm sure I'll find grammar errors every single time. But. So, so you've done that, right? You, you've written mm-hmm. yeah. basically a new final paragraph? Yes, exactly. I have. Can we, oh, yeah. uh, can we share that? Yeah. Let me go to it right now. Um, it would be nice to have like the original ending as a reference, but I don't want to read it because it's very long. Like The new ending is like a couple of paragraphs looking back at it. The other one is one paragraph that is like a whole page long. So just kind of like calling back to like what I was talking about before. Yeah, um, maybe maybe before reading, just kind of like give us a little setup on like what just happened. Exactly. So the ending kind of takes place like right at the very, like the ending takes place at the end. But like the part that's been changed is like right after Rio has uh, kind of examined like this photograph that uh, Alma Nye has like handed to him that shows what she looked like pre her transformation into like the current state of like, these like post humans on this like alien world. So he is looking at like what he doesn't comprehend are like standard humans. And he's like, what is going on here? And so Elma and I is now getting ready to kind of like show him like the truth of like what the universe truly is. <clears throat> so let's see. Eventually I looked up at Elma and I and asked her, what is this? Is this one really you? Why do you look so odd here? 
Rio, believe it or not, that's what humans used to look like. And as far as I know, that's what most of them still do to this day. Seeing that her response had, not, had only deepened my confusion, she continued, Rio, earlier you asked about me, earlier you asked me about why humans don't travel into space and explore different planets. The truth is, they have. It was then that Elma and I revealed to me the truth about how the stars above held an ever-growing sea of mortal humans, how they commanded great ships to move their ever-expanding numbers throughout the cosmos, how this powerful force known as humanity viewed us as, ab as abominations and vowed to see us utterly destroyed. As she explained more and more to me, the night sky transformed in my mind. No longer was it a thing of beauty, home to jewels that sparkled in the night. It had morphed into a jet black swarm of countless white eyes, all of them searching for me. You feel it now, too, don't you? asked Alma after a while. The fear, the dread, the sense that the universe itself abhors you. I'm sorry, Rio, but that feeling won't ever leave you. Now you are like me and all the other elders, damned to live an eternal life afraid of the dark corners of the night sky. And so kind of like from there, like the one thing I wanted really to call back to was like the ending segment of like Curious Max, uh, Curious Maxwell's speech that's kind of like uh, cited at the beginning of it where he proclaims that he'll go when he dies and like illuminate a dark corner of the night sky. So I was like, that would be a very poignant point to kind of call back to. Does like a nice job putting a bow at the end of the story and like really conveys like the emotion of like, no, they have achieved like this goal, but it's like at a very terrible cost of being like constantly afraid of like the night, basically. That's a great ending. I'd love the new ending so much. It's so good. I, yeah, I, I pre there's still things I like I could tweak a little bit, but I feel like it does like sell. It kind of conveys like what I wanted, like the point of the story to be, which is like this planet of like hidden humans who are like afraid of the rest of us, basically. Yeah. So how did you decide like in editing, like such a big chunk of text down to like you said, two paragraphs or whatever it is. Like, yeah. How did you decide like what you wanted to cut out of it and what you thought maybe could stay? Yeah. So kind of like if you remember earlier, we've talked about like how I very much when it comes to sci-fi, I don't like it when like they explore things that they keep kind of ambiguous at first. And reading like the ending that I wrote, it was very much that. And I was like, I wrote what I hate, basically. It was like, I had to name what the collective humanity, like, you know, I had to like form like a government and like, it was like, oh, well, at this year, this happened. And like, would you, wouldn't you believe it? Like, I was like, no, nah, this is like, none of this is very important for kind of like building a sense of dread and like the over explaining it kind of like almost like deadens the impact. So I was like, we don't need like, we don't need to like put like a structure to humanity. We don't need to like have like the scientific like specifications as to like what happened when and whatnot. It just needs to be, we're isolated, turn humans into kind of like, almost like a monstrosity that's like ever present and uh, kind of like convey like the sense of like, you know, we're immortal, but like that's not like 100% a good thing. Now we're like, we're, damned to live a life of like endless fear basically and i was like that's like that's all i really wanted to convey the rest can be kind of like the details can be filled like that stuff is not necessary for my vision of like what i want the reader to kind of feel and so anything that didn't specifically feel that fill that point was like shunted yeah i think you reached the conclusion of the scream painting yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I like that you don't uh, really give Rio Duvac a conclusion after that. Like, Rio Duvac absorbs this information, but then we don't, like, you know, this character who we follow the entire short story, and it's really been from his perspective, is now, you know, it's over. And yeah. The, the story just kind of ends once the revelation is there. You don't see what Rio Duvac does with that information, because at that point, it almost doesn't really matter, right? Exactly, like, exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's a great ending. Coming back to that, like, I think this isn't like 100% guaranteed or whatever, but in my mind, what's happening with Rio is if, like, if they're all going to live like an eternal life on this planet, that what happens with Rio is bound to happen with like almost everyone on that planet, I feel like. So coming back to like what Rio's specific reaction is, is almost like inert because eventually other people, even though they've been like, they're like not as curious, they will eventually be like, well, what's going on here? And so it seems like given an infinite amount of time, like this story will happen over and over again. So... Because Rio Duvac was ultimately like, and he was the youngest of the civilization, exactly, but he exactly. still was kind of like nobody, right? Like, Yeah. Like he was like, I like to imagine it's like the celebrities who are like, 
you see occasionally pop up on tabloids. It's like, oh, it's this person or whatever. Like they're famous for like a very like they're like a like a F-list celebrity. Like they're like, oh, this guy's famous because uh, one time he ate thirteen hot dogs in one day. Not, I mean, not to like that level of like irrelevancy, but it's like he's famous for a very niche reason, you know. So, do we have any off the papyrus for this week? And is that uh, are we there? Are we at the off the papyrus? I think we're good at four off the papyrus. Yeah. Does anyone have any questions they want to kind of like bring up? I had one. This is kind of related to what you're talking about, so I'll just throw it out there now. I just thought it was interesting. It's not really a question. It's just kind of an observation mm-hmm. that you ever feel like, you know, with the ending of The Sunken Planet, you'd kind of been saying this whole time, like, oh, I don't know if it's the greatest. Like, I kind of want it to be different. I just haven't figured out how. Like, I feel like that's kind of, you know, similar between us because there's definitely things like in like when I was in an element of darkness that in the back of my mind, like the whole time I was like, this probably isn't the best. Like, you yeah. know, this maybe could be different. And then like when I had somebody else read it, some of the like feedback was like on those things that in the back yeah, of my mind, exactly. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's like interesting how like you also were like in the back of your mind, like this ending isn't great. Mm-hmm. And then like, here we are and it's changed and you've you know made it better. So yeah, I just think it's cool how like, you know, you kind of know what things need to be changed, even if like you're kind of maybe resistant to it at first or whatever. Um, yeah, I just think that's interesting. Yeah, going back to that, like the ending was like the most obvious point. And one of the biggest points that was still present when we did our live reading. But there are things like while you guys were talking about it, I was like, like, for example, like the distinction between like Miss Murray or uh, or Rio Duvac or just like kind of like character like traits where I was like, I don't know if this is exactly how I want to convey it. And so you guys reading are like, this doesn't really sound like a normal human conversation. I'm like, yes, that's kind of what I was feeling. And so like, you guys giving me feedback, like, well, no one would really like speak like this. So like, why don't you change it to this? And so just like constantly, like, you know, when things don't like quite match up. And so it's never going to be perfect because like language itself is like a limiting medium. So it's not like I can just like say, hey, here's a story in my mind, put it in yours. But anything you can do kind of like to approach like what you're thinking, there's always going to be an improvement. Yeah, I, I guess if you're doing your editing process and you're reading something, you're saying this doesn't make sense. It probably doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely something that is uh, highlighting that you can work on. Did you have any others, Julie? Um, yeah, I just have one. It's not super related, but I just thought of um, like, have you ever came up with like kind of a story that you then like, or like an idea, or started writing something, and then like while you were looking back at it, it was just like got abandoned. And then, like, did it ever turn into anything else? Like, have you ever, like, ed- thought about it? And then was like, I could change it. And then it got cha- completely changed to something else. I think both Kate and I are like, yeah, it's everything. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I also think, like, I mean, I know, Steve, you have a ton. You've talked about a ton of them on the podcast. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't think we need to go into all the different ideas that you've had there. Because yeah. that, that could be an episode. But... <laughs> Oh, just going over like the different story ideas. Yeah. Like I'm getting to the point where I've had story ideas, but I, I forgot to like write them down in the outline and I'm like, oh, I forgot the story completely now. Oh no. So oh, no. the outline is important. Yeah, very much so. The uh one story I'm working on, the uh trial of great collapse. So that was like the first story I ever started trying to write. And like I abandoned that one like almost like immediately because it was like 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 I've said, it's been very hard to kind of like get the voice that I've been looking for. So I've just now gotten to a point where I'm like, I think I have something that's like approaching it but i very much getting to the point where like i'm like march is approaching i might just like write garbage down refine it a little bit send it to you guys and then we'll refine it from there you know so i mean that's what we're here for right and i think you know so steve leading up to the end of this episode here we we have some work ahead of us you have given mm-hmm. yourself a deadline mm-hmm. to, to complete it's that story right that's the one that yes you want the to trial of great collapse well, yep um so when did you say end of march and I'm, oh yeah, I guess I'm saying that a lot on the podcast. And now, end of March. So well, to be fair, I thought this, it was the this, beginning of March. <laughs> I said, I, I said, that's like four days away. Go easy. Yeah, yeah. That's what so, you said. <laughs> no, did I, so in my mind, I said I was going to have like three months for like I have three short stories, and I'm like I'm going to give myself like three months for each of these short stories. But maybe I did say beginning of March, but it's not the beginning of March. End now, of March so. now. It's yeah, the end, end of March. March. <laughs> there you go. Like February is like the shortest month of the year. That's not fair. Don't count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't even count as a month. Yeah, there's like 28 days. It's like none. That's like zero 30 days that's like when it starts feeling real you know oh yeah those two extra days <laughs> they're, they're big you know <laughs> there's also you know for our next episode we're planning on doing some writing and i guess i'll let you introduce it later but that's also a deadline on me to get some writing done so yeah, yeah. Julie's over here writing books and oh, yeah. 
I have deadlines for things. Don't worry. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just saying you're succeeding. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even I have been failing. Yeah, yeah. I actually told my, I'm actually not succeeding. I told myself that I was going to write all of the factions book by in like by the middle of the year, like six months, I was going to finish factions. And I, as I said, recently have decided to completely start over and we're already three months in. Julie, I've seen how quickly you can write. I think you're going to have the factions book done by then. You're I like, don't know. Like one of your greatest qualities, you're writing speed demon. It's crazy, you know. I think whenever you do DM a campaign, like we will not have like when I was DMing, there'd be times where like guys, you can't do this week. I'm not ready. You're gonna be like, hey, I should, yeah, I wrote the episode like two minutes ago. You're good, you know. <laughs> I actually was thinking about coming up with a D and D campaign, but uh, Zach has his, so I'm just I'll uh, wait another time. But do you have any abandoned stories, Kate, that you wanted to oh, talk about? Oh or not really? God. Um... I'm I'm sure I do. I guess like off the I mean I do definitely off the top of my head. They're forgotten. I think a lot of times too, like specific ideas, especially when you're creating a longer story. I'll sometimes have like a shower thought of some like great idea of like this character arc or something that I want to do, and then like you know dry off, and I'm like shit, I forgot it. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, no. So like that's frustrating, especially when you get like or like you know you're doing a like, commute to work and you're like think of something so those ones are frustrating and i mean i don't know what's the fix for that get a pen and paper everywhere you are all right i mean that's what i have now i picked that one up that's like how i've been able to uh make progress on uh the trial grid collapse i'll be at work i'm like oh write that down you know you know what we actually have at, at my house uh we have a little waterproof notepad in the shower Oh, that's, yeah. So you were saying, what would I, what would I'm going to do? This? And they're like, actually, you I have, have the <laughs> I've never written anything productive on there. <laughs> I use my phone a lot, like at work. You should see like my phone, like notes app. I got like. I love it. I have stand up bits written on my phone. Yeah, like, I'm like, this would be a funny thing to talk about, you know? Yeah. So, any other off the papyruses we want to explore? Julie, I got one question for you. Um, that I know you're kind of working on getting the element of darkness kind of finalized and published. Um, how's it going? It is, a, it's a lot of waiting, first of all. That's the first thing that anybody in the world who is trying to publish something, it's a lot of waiting, okay? Like you put stuff in there, you, you submit stuff, and then you just wait for literally months. So that's the first point what, that I want What is there in stuff? Okay, so basically how it works, from my understanding, from what I've researched, I'm probably not an expert, but um from what i understand what you do is you write your book and then you um write what's called a query letter so it's basically like about you what your book is and like kind of like up the back of the book like blurb on like what your story is about kind of thing so then you want to write a query letter you send it to however many literary agents that you want to send it to and then uh, and then usually the literary agents will ask you to also include however many pages of like your book the first however many pages and then after you send all that to, to literary agents, you give them like up to two months to respond with, are they interested in reading more or are they not interested at all? Gotcha. So I submitted, I submitted like 12, I think. You got to pay for that? No. Okay. Oh, nice. It's like literary agents are kind of like um, real estate agents. They get paid a percentage if you get a book deal kind of thing. Otherwise, they don't get paid. You know what I mean? Ah. It's kind of like real estate agents. You know, they get paid when you close on a house, kind of thing. Okay. Um, but anyway, so it's a lot of waiting. You gotta wait like months for them to respond. Have you gotten any bites so far? No. So I got a couple like kind of like next day like auto rejections. Oh, okay, yeah. Which to mm -hmm. me is like they're just not looking for your genre. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They'd even mm -hmm. probably read it. It was like you know what I mean? Exactly. So, Automated. Right. So I was like, all right, they just are busy right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, as far as like the edits, I did actually like, so the one thing that I kind of realized as I was applying, there was this one agent that I applied to that um, in the how many pages they want you to include, they said the first three chapters of your book not to exceed or like preferably don't exceed 36 pages and this is double space mind you your manuscript is supposed to be double spaced so anyway so and then i was looking at my book and i was like well the first three chapters of my book it was like 50 something pages so i was like in my mind i was like am i doing my chapters wrong because i don't really have like a concrete understanding of like when you're supposed to break up chapters yeah. so i kind of like went back 
and was looking up like, you know, how long should a chapter be? And I found a lot of great articles about like, word, like you know, the word counts that are associated with like chapters versus the full novel versus like, you know what I mean? Like all the word counts for all that. So I, I did end up cutting some of the chapters down because they say a chapter should be like between two, I think two and 5,000 words should be like a chapter. And then it, otherwise it's considered very long or very short. You you know, you can do whatever you want, but like traditionally it'll be considered whatever. Um, so yeah, so I did a lot of like checks on my chapter lengths, which was like not a big edit, but it was like, it does break up the book differently. So I went from like 20 chapters to like 26, I think there are now, um, just by breaking up some of the, and luckily yeah. some of the longer chapters, there was a point where I was like, this would make sense if you broke this up right here. But yeah, so that was like one kind of like, I guess like bigger thing that I um, kind of edited after starting the publishing process. And the only other thing was um, I changed the beginning around um, because like I said, a lot of them ask, uh, literary agents will ask you to send them however many pages. So sometimes it was three, sometimes it was five, sometimes I did 10, like they would tell you. So I, I kind of like went back after I started sending things out and kind of looked at the first couple pages again. It was like, is this the best it could be kind of thing? Yeah. So I did a lot of re-editing of just like the first couple pages because that's like most agents will just ask you for like the first three pages or whatever. So what I gets just your like, foot in the door, right? Mm-hmm. So I just like kind of re-looked at that once I started like doing everything. What you got to do is like start off with something that's like so bombastic and then like kind of like dial it back. You're like, like... Jim was stabbed through the eyes. The, what he saw was so terrifying that it felt like he was stabbed through the eyes, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's a good intro. <laughs> I have something for the story I'm writing. It's something kind of similar. We're like, I'm like, a fifth of Itani was drowning. And it was like, they're not actually drowning, but they're like, like what they're going through is like very tough. So they feel like they're drowning. Solid. You got the best descriptions, uh, Steve. Thank you, thank you. What are we doing next week? Next time on the Ride Around Podcast, we will be having our second guest. Her name is Julia Ramirez, and she is a poet with two published books under her belt and a third one coming soon in June this year. So look forward to that. It's going to be a great conversation, and we're all hoping to learn a lot from her. We'll see you there.